بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها صلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون Today inshallah we are covering the epistle الرسالة epistle is like a short work that may cover a page or two if written down the work of him الإمام إبراهيم الباجوري رحمه الله تعالى who passed away in the year 1276, around that period, Hijri, Islamic dates. So he wrote a summarized work on a tawheed, oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are essential beliefs which every Muslim must know. He says, rahimahullah ta'ala, yajibu ala kulli mukallafin, it's essential upon every mukallaf. What is mukallaf? A mukallaf is a person who is legally obliged. He must know. Meaning in sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's responsible. He has a responsibility. What is that responsibility? One of them is to know tawheed. How does a person become a mukallaf? A mukallaf is a person who reaches the age of maturity. Once he reaches the age of maturity, he has aql, his intellect and sanity. And then there are other conditions which are mentioned, which are essential upon the mukallaf, uh, for a person to be deemed a mukallaf. And then there are those things which are fard on that mukallaf, like knowing salah, how to pray, but the first thing is knowing Tawheed, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he states, Ala kulli mukallaf in every mukallaf, a person who is obliged by sharia, an ya'rifa, that he must know. <coughs> what must he know? Ma yajibu fi haqqihi ta'ala. What is essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is wajib for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is wajib? Wajib is that which <coughs> never changes. Wajib is that which never changes. Which Wajib is that which is essential. It does not undergo any change. مَا يَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى وَمَا يَسْتَحِيلُ And what is impossible? What is impossible to be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? وَمَا يَجُوزُ And what is possible? So in, in, in total three things, every Muslim must know. What is essential for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is... <laughs> Mustahil, impossible, and what is permissible? Because you can never do dhikrullah without knowledge of the madhkur. 
You can never remember Allah without knowledge of the one you are remembering. He states, فَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى The first thing which is essential for every Muslim to know, what is necessary for the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-wujud, existence. So, whenever you ask, what is the first attribute we ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must say al-wujud, existence. وَضِدُّهُ الْعَدَمُ Its opposite is non-existence. So, al-wujud is necessary for Allah, wajib for Allah. Its opposite, which is al-adam, non-existence, is mustahil, impossible for Allah. So, then he says, وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ So, if a believer is asked with regard to the basic proof of his iman, how do you know Allah exists? Because someone was telling me today that they asked a Muslim after the person requested, please do dua that I pass away on Iman. So the person asked, if you were asked to prove your faith, meaning establish your faith through, through dalil, proof, and evidence, would you be able to do so? He said, no. So how can he hope to die an Iman when he does not even know the basis for his Iman? So it's essential for every Muslim to know the basis of his Iman. So the proof for the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wujudu hadhil makhluqat the very existence of creation if someone asks, how do you know a creator exists? You simply signify to him that the very existence of creation points out to the existence of a creator. Mujudu hadhil makhluqat. Wayajibu fi haqqihi ta'ala al-qidamu. It is essential for us to acknowledge that it is wajib, essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the divine attribute of al-qidam. What is al-qidam? Al-qidam is pre-existence, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being beginningless, without beginning. ma'nahu The meaning of this, أَنَّهُ تَعَالَى لَا أَوَّلَ لَهُ The meaning of this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala la awwala lahu you cannot say he has an inception point a point at which he started la awwala lahu there is no first for him wadidduhu al-huduthu the opposite to this is al-huduth which is contingency that coming into existence after non-existence that's impossible so the first attribute we have covered is al-wujud, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. Its opposite is what? Al-adam, non-existence. The second attribute is what? Al-qidam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beginningless, that he does not have a beginning. The opposite to this is al-huduth. What is al-huduth? 
to ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a beginning. This is impossible. So he states, What is the proof for the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no beginning? That if he had, if he were contingent, the word for huduth is contingent, meaning something coming into existence after non-existence. If he were hadith, meaning contingent, meaning coming into existence after non-existence, he would need an originator, someone who brought him into existence, and this is impossible. Now, why is this impossible? The reason for this being impossible is that it would lead lead to eternal regress, regression forever. That if Allah had a creator, then that creator would need a creator, and then that creator would need a creator, and that creator would need a creator. This is eternal regress for something that's contingent is impossible. For something that has a beginning to have something having started it or bringing it about or the inception of it, that would entail that thing has a beginning and then that thing has a beginning and this goes on forever. This is impossible. So you must write down what? The first attribute is al-wujud. Its opposite is what? Al-adam. So al-wujud is existence. The opposite is what? Al-adam, non-existence, is impossible to be ascribed to Allah. The second, al-qidam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beginningless. He has no beginning. And the opposite is what? Al-huduth, that having a beginning and ascribing a beginning to Allah is impossible from the mustahil, muhal, meaning totally impossible. The third, he states, It's essential in the right of Allah, the Most High, Al-Baqa'u. What is Al-Baqa'u? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is eternal in the sense that He is endless. He does not perish. The meaning of this is there is no end to Allah. Now some people, they ask a very basic question. They say, if paradise and hellfire are eternal, are they not like Allah? The answer is very simple. That hellfire and paradise have a point of inception when they came into existence. That would entail that they are hadith. They are contingent. Secondly, they are sustained by Allah. So when we say paradise is eternal, it's eternally sustained by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it has a beginning point. Everything has a beginning point, a point of inception. Everything in creation from the arsh and the kursi is contingent in the meaning that it had a point at which it began. The only one who has no beginning point is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, he states, وَمَعْنَاهُ Its meaning is, أَنَّهُ تَعَالَ لَا آخِرَ لَهُ 
There is no end for him. Its opposite is what? Al-Fana perishing. So you have Al-Baqa, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Endless and eternal. The opposite is what? Al-Fana perishing. والدليل على ذلك The proof for that أنه لو كان فانيا لكان حادثا That if we were to ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be perishing then that would mean he is hadith because anything that perishes anything that finishes it means it has a beginning point and then it comes to an end and therefore it is contingent and this is impossible because if he were perishing that would entail he is not eternal he is what hadith contingent and then that would lead to regression again continuous regression which is impossible in the way I explained previously that that would mean he uh, had a beginning and the one who created him had a beginning and the one who created him had a beginning to no end. And eternal regression of contingents is impossible. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى So far we've covered three attributes. Al-Wujud, Al-Qidam, Al-Baqa. And the opposite of Al-Wujud was Al-Adam, non-existence. The opposite of Al-Baqa was Al-Fana perishing. Uh, Al-Qidam, the opposite of Al-Qidam, was what? Al-Hadith, that he is contingent. After this, the author states, وَيَجِبُ It is essential في حقه تعالى in the right of Allah Most High الْمُخَالَفَةُ لِلْحَوَادِثِ His opposition to the contingent. Meaning he bears no resemblance to Makhluk, everything that is makhluk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bears no resemblance to that. And this is why anyone within the makhluk who claims divinity or a resemblance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know the falsehood nature, the false nature of his claim. How do we know the false nature of his claim? By the very fact that he bears resemblance to creation itself. Anything that bears resemblance to creation itself, to makhluk itself, cannot be the creator. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bears no resemblance to creation. وَمَعْنَاهُ The meaning of this would be أَنَّهُ تَعَالَى لَيْسَ مُمَاثِلًا The meaning of this attribute is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not resembling the creation. فَلَيْسَ لَهُ يَدٌ We do not ascribe to Allah a limb. A limb. يَدٌ here means a, a limb, not the attribute of Allah. A limb, which is a, a hand, which is a, a limb or, or, or an appendage. That is impossible. Similarly, وَلَا عَيْنٌ An عَيْن, which is what? An organ. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is transcendent of that. وَلَا أُذُنٌ Neither ears. وَلَا غَيْرُ ذَلِكَ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْحَوَادِثِ And neither anything else which is the attributes of al-hawadith of the contingent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
bears no resemblance to al-makhluqat or al-makhluq to the hawadith the contingent things wadidduha the opposite is what al-mumathalatu resemblance what is the proof for this the basic proof wadalilu ala dhalik annahu law kana mumathilan lilhawadith that if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bore resemblance to the makhluq to the creation لو كان مماثلا للحوادث لكان حادثا he himself would be contingent مثلها وهو محال he would be contingent like the creation which is impossible because if you make a resemblance between Allah سبحانه وتعالى and the creation the مخلوق that would mean that Allah سبحانه وتعالى is contingent like the مخلوق itself so we have which attributes al-wujud al-qidam al-baqa al-mukhalafatu lil-hawadith then he states wa yajibu fi haqqihi ta'ala it is essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-qiyam bin-nafs being self-established meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of anyone else وَمَعْنَاهُ the meaning of this attribute أَنَّهُ تَعَالَى لَا يَفْتَقِرُ إِلَى مَحَلٍ Allah is not in need of a place so you cannot ascribe place to Allah محل we do not say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is contained within time and place we do not say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is contained within a location. So the correct creed is what? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists without time and place because he is the creator of time and place. And he exists now as he has always been prior to the existence of time and place. You cannot say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created time and place and then indwelled within time and place this is why the question is Allah in the universe or out of the universe this question is false why because in or out of the universe does not apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in or out is the very nature of creation being limited with parameters with boundaries to say in or out the correct answer is what Allah is as he has always been and he remains as he is as he was prior to the creation of the heavens and the earth. So to ask, to ask is he in the heavens or out the heavens this question does not apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly ascribing direction to Allah physical direction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a false belief. You cannot say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in this location or that location. Anything which entails that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in an upward physical direction, the reason why the upward direction is mentioned in some of the Quran and some of the ahadith is because of the tajalli, which is what manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in those places as well as 
the divine commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descending from those areas, from the heavens for instance. But when we read Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa, the merciful rose on the throne, it does not entail a physicality for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's in reference to a divine action of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we do not ascribe place to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wala ila mukhassisin. And neither does something make him specific. Like for someone to say he is in a location, mahal, or, or specifier, something specifies him within boundaries or a place, spatial location, within time and place. Any of these things are not ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wadidduhu, its opposite is what? Meaning the opposite to the attribute. Al-ihtiyaju ila al-mahalli wal-mukhassis. Needing a place or needing something to specify him in a location or boundaries. Wadalilu ala dhalik. The proof for that. Annahu law ihtaja ila mahallin. That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needed a place, lakana sifatan, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be an attribute. وَكَوْنُهُ sifatan muhalun. Allah being an attribute of something is impossible. وَلَوْ إِحْتَاجَ إِلَى مُخَصِّسٍ If Allah was in need of a specifier, something to specify him, لَكَانَ حَادِثًا He would be what? A hadith, meaning a contingent. وَكَوْنُهُ حَادِثًا muhalun. Him being a contingent thing is impossible. Here, some people ascribe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being in every time and place. So they say Allah is everywhere. This is a false belief. You cannot say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the that is everywhere. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from time and place. This is a common mistake. A limb or it does not entail appendages or it does not entail Tashbih or Tamthil with Makhluq, similarity to creation. We just understand it to be an attribute of Allah, a qualitative attribute of Allah. And the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not entail any likeness to Makhluq, simple. What we negate is what? Limbs. What we negate is what? Resemblance to the creation. The second thing is how do we understand certain Verses or hadith like the hadith of the slave girl when she was asked, Ain Allah, she pointed up to the heavens and they mentioned that she was a mute, she could not speak, this is why she pointed out to the heavens. And this is to, in, to point out with regard to the loftiness of Allah. So we say, we ascribe al-fawqiyah to Allah. What is al-fawqiyah? Loftiness. We, if someone says, Allahu fawqa al-arsh, Allah is above the uh, arsh. We affirm this with what meaning? Fawqiyah mutlaqa. That the fawqiyah does not entail physical location. Like, huwa al-qahiru fawqa ibadihi. He is the one who, who is what? Al-qahir, the one who overwhelms. Fawqa ibadihi, above his servants. Meaning fawqiyah mutlaqa. So we understand fawqiyah as being what? Fawqiyah mutlaqa, meaning not within spatial location or within time and place. 
These are two things to clarify. Otherwise, people become confused with Wahhabi ideology or uh, Najdiya is a better word. What is known today as pseudo-Salafiya, where they understand these things to be what? Literal. They understand the appendages or the limbs to be actual literal and they believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an actual direction. This is one of the major differences between Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the pseudo-Salafis. The claimants are following a Salafu Salihun. In reality, they follow Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah and his Fatwa al-Hamawiyyat al-Kubra, which he wrote, which gives a direction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the, the first major difference between Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the pseudo-Salafis. So we do not understand if we read a the Quran or the Hadith, like we read Wajhullah, which translates as the face of Allah, we do not understand that to be a face like the face of Makhluk. We understand it to be an attribute, a qualitative attribute. Qualitative attribute means it is an attribute like a sam'u wal basar, divine hearing and divine sight. It doesn't mean a physical organ, it doesn't mean any resemblance to the makhluk in any way whatsoever. So after this, the author Rahimallah Ta'ala states, It's essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oneness in essence, the aseity of Allah, oneness in, uh, in essence. وَفِي الصِّفَاتِ And in his divine attributes. وَفِي الْأَفْعَالِ And in his divine actions. So, what do we mean by this? He says, وَمَعْنَ الْوَحْدَانِيَةِ فِي الذات. The meaning of oneness in his essence. أَنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ مُرَكَّبَةً مِنْ أَجْزَاءٍ مُتَعَدِّدَةٍ That the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not compounded it's not made up of components, like a human being is made up of components, parts. A machine is made up of components. The universe is made up of components. The makhluk is made up of components. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from being ascribed with components. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one in essence, in that. So you must memorize these terms. That is the that of Allah is the being of Allah or the the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one in his that al fi that. sifat the meaning of oneness in attributes Annahu Ta'ala Laysalahu Sifatani Fa'aktharu min jinsin wahidin. What the meaning of at oneness in attributes of sifat is that every individual attribute is one. So you cannot say, for instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has the attribute of qudra, divine power. You cannot say he has two qudras. You have, you, so the meaning of oneness in attributes is that each individual attribute is one. So Al-Qudra is one, Al-Ilm is one, Al-Irada is one. Each attribute is one. You cannot say each attribute is numerous. 
This would be a shirk fi sifat in ascribing numerous attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of one nature. Walaysa, and another meaning of this, walaysa li ghayrihi sifatun tushabihu sifatahu ta'ala. No one in makhluq has an attribute that resembles the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot ascribe the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to anyone in al-makhluq, to anyone in creation. So al-qudra al-mutlaqah, divine power, ultimate divine power is only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَعْنَ الْوَحْدَانِيَةِ فِي الْأَفْعَالِ The meaning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having oneness in al-af'al, in divine actions, that other people do not have the, div- the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot ascribe, for instance, khalq, creation, to the makhluq, who creates only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the opposite to this attribute? وَضِدُّهُ التعدد, Numerosity, being numerous. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ The proof for that is أَنَّهُ لَوْ كَانَ مُتَعَدِّدًا That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was numerous, meaning there were numerous gods, لَمْ يُوجَدْ شَيْءٌ مِنْ هَذِي الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ Nothing from the creation would exist. Why? Because each god would want to carry out his own will. If they do not have their own will, then they are not a separate god. Meaning the very meaning of being separate to an entity is having your own will. Here, one of the major differences between Ahlul Sunnah and the pseudo-Salafi movement, or what is known as Al-Wahhabiya, and as I said, the term Al-Najdiya is better, that they believe, and this is based on the teachings of Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, they believe that the mushrikeen, the polytheists of Makkah al-Mukarramah, had Tawheed, Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. This is what they believe. Why do they believe this? Because Abu al-Abbas, Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, divided Tawheed into types. One of them was Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, which means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who alone creates the second Tawheed type he made up was Tawheed Uluhiyah, ascribing worship. So we only worship Allah alone. But he said the Mushrikeen Makkah al-Mukarramah, they knew Allah created everything alone. But they worshipped numerous gods. This was what he claimed. But this contradicts Al-Quran Al-Kareem. If you read numerous verses of Al-Quran Al-Kareem, you'll find that the Mushrikeen, they did not acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone created everything. There are numerous verses that demonstrate that they ascribed creation to the idols. They ascribed creation to Jesus, meaning the various faiths and false beliefs that were prevalent at the time. But what Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah claimed that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam only came to preach Tawheed uluhiyah. He only came to inform the people 
worship Allah alone. You believe Allah alone created everything, worship Allah alone. This contradicts the belief of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, in accordance with the Quran, we say that the, the polytheists did not know Tawheed Rububiyyah. And they did not know Tawheed Uluhiyyah, if we accept this distinction. They did not know Tawheed at all. Then what happened is Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab in the 1700s, he adopted this teaching of Abu Abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah, and he claimed that the Muslims, including the, the Khalifa at the time, meaning the Uthmani Caliphate, he claimed that they were engrossed in shirk, worse than the polytheists, because he said the polytheists recognized Tawheed Rububiyyah. These people, meaning the Sunnis, they do not recognize even Tawheed Rububiyyah. They are worse because they ascribe creation, cause and effect to Al-Anbiya prophets. They, they ascribe cause and effect and creation to Awliyaullahi Salihin, the pious people. So he raised the sword and waged war against the Muslims. And this is the foundation for that. But this is false teachings. Tawheed is one, Tawheed. If you nullify one type of Tawheed of whatever types he made, you nullify the other. And this teaching is actually contradicted by uh, the teaching of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab is actually contradicted by Al-Quranul Kareem itself. So this is essential to know because when people, they come across propaganda or the indoctrination of the Najdiya movement, when they read the works of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, like Kitab al-Tawheed and other works, they make this distinction. So, so far we have covered Al-Wujud, Al-Qidam, Al-Baqa, Al-Mukhalafatu lil-Hawadith, Al-Qiyamu bin-Nafs, Al-Wahdaniyah. And we also covered the opposites. So the opposite to each attribute is impossible to be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ الْقُدْرَةُ it's essential to ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-qudrah. What is al-qudrah? Divine power. Wahiya sifatun qadimatun. It is an eternal attribute. Qa'imatun bidhatihi ta'ala. Established with the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yujidu biha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings into existence with it وَيُعْدِمُ and he takes out of existence. وَضِدُّهَا الْعَجْزُ The opposite to this attribute is what? Is al-ajz, inability. So we ascribe al-qudra to Allah. What is the proof? Meaning we have the textual proof. What is textual proof? Textual proof is what is from Quran and Sunnah textual proof but we have rational proof from the mind also what dalilu ala dhalika the proof for that is annahu law kana ajizan that if we ascribe inability to allah 
لم توجد لم يوجد شيء من هذه المخلوقات nothing would be in existence from this this creation لم يوجد شيء من هذه المخلوقات so the very existence of the creation entails that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ascribed with what? Al-Qudra. A point here to be made is that Al-Qudra, the divine power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is only associated with mumkin, those things which are possible. So if someone asks you a question, can God make another God alongside the answer is this relates to impossibilities. Why? Because the very meaning of another God is someone who is pre-eternally existing. You cannot bring into existence someone who is pre-eternally existing. This is a contradiction. Similarly, a false question some atheists ask, can God create a boulder so heavy that he himself cannot raise the boulder? The answer is this question is faulty. Why is the question faulty? Because in effect, the questioner is asking, can God himself make himself incapable? The answer is, the divine power does not relate to impossibilities. So when the Quran states, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed, Allah is upon everything able or all-powerful, قَدِيرٍ The meaning of this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Powerful over everything possible. If you, even if you check Tafsir Jalalain, you'll find he mentions ala kulli shayin. In brackets, he mentions mumkin, everything that's possible. And this is where the dispute arose in India in the 1800s due to a man named Ismail Dehlawi and then his follower Rashid Gangohi, where they claimed that Allah. If he wanted, he, he has power over lying, but he chooses not to do so. This is what he mentions in his fatawa. And it led to uh, the writing of Taqdeesul Wakil and Tawheen al Rashidi wal Khalil by Al Allama Ghulam Dastagir al Qusuri rahimallah. And that is what led to the initial disputes as what is known as the Diobandi sect or the Madrasa of Dioband and Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah in opposition to whom? To Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah in the subcontinent. This uh, debate arose in the subcontinent. Some of the ulama in the Middle East, what is known as the Middle East, became aware of it in that time. In today's day and age, Many of them are unaware of the actual disputes. But this was one of the initial disputes. And it led to other disputes also. But the correct belief is what? The main thing is that we know the correct belief. The correct belief is that the Qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not relate to impossibilities. So kidb or kadhib, lying, is an impossibility. We do not say Allah has the ability to lie and then chooses not to lie because then we will ask, how do you know he's truthful? They will say the Quran. This leads to circular reasoning. How do you know the Quran is truthful? Because he has told us. 
How do you know he's telling the truth? Because the Quran has told us. It leads to circular reasoning. The correct answer is what? That the Qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not relate to Al-Kadhib. Then the author states, وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى الْإِرَادَةُ It's essential to affirm in the right of Allah, the Most High, Al-Irada, will. What is will? وَهِيَ صِفَةٌ قَدِيمَةٌ An eternal attribute, قَائِمَةٌ بِذَاتِهِ تَعَالَى That is established with the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يُخَصِّصُ بِهَا الْمُمْكِنَ بِالْوُجُودِ He specifies with it and brings into existence with it the possible things. بِالْوُجُودِ Bringing them into existence بِالْعَدَمْ Or non-existence. So the al-irada, the will of Allah, only relates to that which is possible. The will of Allah only relates to that which is possible. Or bilghina, or making someone rich. Or bilfaqri, or making them poor. Or bilalmi, or with knowledge. Or biljahli, or with ignorance. Ila ghiri thalika. The opposite to this. Is, is disdain or dislike. Meaning Allah disliking for something to happen and it happens. This is impossible. Everything happens with the divine will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ The proof for that أَنَّهُ لَوْ كَانَ كَارِهًا That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disliked for something to happen لَكَانَ عَاجِزًا He would be unable to do meaning he would be described with inability, ajiz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being described as what? Ajiz. Ajiz is impossible. So inability uh, is to ascribe inability to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is muhal, impossible. Then the author states, وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى الْعِلْمُ It's essential to ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-ilm, knowledge, divine knowledge. وَهِيَ صِفَةٌ قَدِيمَةٌ It is an eternal attribute, قَائِمَةٌ بِذَاتِهِ تَعَالَى Which is established with this divine essence. يَعْلَمُ بِهَا الْأَشْيَاءَ By which he knows things, meaning, Al-ilm is what we refer to as sifa kashifa. It uncovers the unknown. It uncovers the unknown. So he states, وَالْضِدُّهَا الْجَهْلُ The opposite to this is ignorance. وَالْدَلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ The proof for that is, أَنَّهُ لَوْ كَانَ جَاهِلًا That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were described as jahil, لَمْ يَكُنْ مُرِيدًا Then he would not be what? Willing. وَهُوَ مُحَالٌ What this means is that if you say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no knowledge, then this means everything that is created has come into existence without the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what? Impossible. Meaning he would have no will in such a case. So, after this, the author states, So, so far we have covered, if we recap the attributes, 
which you must memorize. Al-Wujud, Al-Qidam, Al-Baqa, Al-Mukhalafatu lil-Hawadith, Al-Qiyamu bin-Nafs, Al-Wahdaniya. What else? Al-Qudra, Al-Ilm. And now we reach the attribute of Al-Hayatu. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى It's essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Al-Hayatu, divine life وَهِيَ صِفَةٌ قَدِيمَةٌ قَائِمَةٌ بِذَاتِهِ تَعَالَى It is an attribute that is eternal and established with the essence of Allah, the Most High تُصَحِّحُ لَهُ it validates for him that he can be described with knowledge and other attributes. The opposite to this is a death. So by this we know crucifixion is impossible because and the falsehood of Christianity because in Christianity they ascribe death to God. So death would entail that God loses his attributes, divine attributes. Established with the essence of Allah, the Most High. What becomes uncovered with them is the existent. Whatever exists in creation becomes uncovered. When we say Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala is all seeing and all hearing. It means all seeing and all hearing of color also. For instance, he hears colors. Human beings, they, they won't hear colors. So the, the attribute of hearing and seeing is linked to everything in existence. Not just to sound waves. So human beings, their hearing is limited. What they do, the opposite. To as-sam'u wal-basar, divine hearing and divine sight, as-samamu wal-ama is muteness or deafness, deafness, samam, wal-ama, blindness, meaning this is impossible to be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal-dalilu ala thalika qawluhu ta'ala, the proof of that is the saying of Allah, the Most High, wa huwa as-sami'u al-basir, Yet he is all hearing and all seeing. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى الْكَلَامُ It's essential to ascribe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divine speech. Now what is the divine speech? An attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is الْقَائِمَ بِذَاتِهِ Established with his essence. وَهُوَ صِفَةٌ قَدِيمَةٌ It is an eternal attribute that is established with his essence ta'ala so this is the position of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah that the kalamullah which is the divine attribute is not ascribed with letter and voice what do we mean by this the actual attribute which is qa'ima bizat so when Musa alayhi salam spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what happened? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed the veils from his ears that he was able to hear the divine speech which is the attribute but this also means that the, the attribute is also heard not only with the ears it's heard with everything because the, the divine attribute is different to human speech human speech is composition of voice a voice box and a tongue and teeth the divine attribute is an attribute with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this would mean on the day of judgment when all the servants are standing everyone will will individually talk to Allah how will they all be able to individually talk Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will unveil for them according to their capacity and according to what is revealed to them unveil to them what the divine attribute of al-kalam the opposite is what muteness being unable to speak meaning muteness dumbness the proof of the divine speech is the saying of Allah the Most High and Allah the Most High spoke to whom? to Musa with divine speech so we affirm Kalamullah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these last seven attributes, which are known as Sifatul Ma'ani. Sifatul Ma'ani is qualitative attributes. What were they? Al-ilmu, al-qudratu, al-hayatu, al-iradatu, and Al-Kalam. These are seven attributes. They are known as Sifatul Ma'ani, qualitative attributes. What do we mean by qualitative attributes? Qualities, Sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, which is the Ash'aris and the Maturidis and the Ahlul Athar, do they limit the attributes to seven? The answer is no. Because this is uh, what the pseudo Salafis do is they spread false information. They say that the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah limit the attributes to seven. This is false. We ascribe all the other attributes also, but we say it's essential for every Muslim to know these seven and the additional seven. And if you add all of them, making 20 in total, it's essential for every Muslim to know them in detail. Or sufficient detail to be able to give a basic answer on those attributes. But do we negate Yadullah, Wajhullah, all these things that have been mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah? The answer is no. We affirm them also as qualitative attributes. What we do not do is take them on the apparent in the meaning of being a limb. Being a limb, we negate that. But we do not negate them as attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then the author lists seven other attributes which are known as As-Sifatul Ma'nawiyah. What are these As-Sifatul Ma'nawiyah? He states, وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى It's essential in the right of Allah, the Most High, كَوْنُهُ قَادِرًا Him being all-powerful. وَدِدُّهُ كَوْنُهُ عَاجِزًا The opposite of it is him being what? Unable. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ دَلِيلُ الْقُدْرَةِ 
The proof of that is the proof of Al-Qudra. So Allah being Al-Qadir. So firstly we ascribed Al-Qudra to Allah. Now we say Allah is Al-Qadir. The All-Powerful. Similarly, وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ كَوْنُهُ مُرِيدًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's essential in His right to be, being what? All-willing. وَضِدُّهُ كَوْنُهُ كَارِهًا The opposite is what? Him being disliking, meaning to bring something into existence and it comes into existence, this is impossible. Everything only comes into existence with the divine will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْإِرَادَةُ دَلِيلُ الْإِرَادَةِ The proof of that is the same proof of the divine will. So the proof is the same. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ كَوْنُهُ عَالِمًا It's essential in the right of Allah, the Most High, Him being what? عَالِمًا Being all-knowing. وَضِدُّهُ كَوْنُهُ جَاهِلًا The opposite of this, this is Him being جَاهِل. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ دَلِيلُ الْعِلْمِ the proof for that is the same proof of al-ilm. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ كَوْنُهُ حَيًّا It's essential in his right that he is all-living. وَضِدُّهُ كَوْنُهُ مَيِّتًا The opposite to this is him being dead. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ دَلِيلُ الْحَيَاتِ The proof for that is the proof of life. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ It is also essential. In the right of Allah, the Most High, كونه سميع بصيرا, Him being all hearing and all seeing. وضدهما, the opposite to them, كونه أصم, Him being what? Deaf. وكونه أعمى, Him being what? Blind. والدليل على ذلك الدليل السمعي والدليل البصري. The proof of that is the proof of hearing and seeing that we've already covered. وَيَجِبُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَ كَوْنُهُ مُتَكَلِّمًا It's essential in the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being what? متكلم, speaking. وَضِدُّهُ كَوْنُهُ أَبْكَمًا The opposite to that is him being what? A mute. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ What is the proof of that? دَلِيلُ الْكَلَامِ is the same proof that we covered in Kalam, which was وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا The Qur'an states that Allah spoke to Musa a.s. In total, these are how many attributes? 20 attributes. So we have covered 20 essential wajib attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have also covered the opposites. So those opposites are impossible to be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In total, we have covered 20 attributes which are necessary for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Are the attributes of Allah limited to these 20? The answer is no. The attributes of Allah are not limited. But what we say, these 20 are essential for every Muslim to know in order that he knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, the opposites are impossible to be ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the author states, وَالْجَائِزُ فِي حَقِّهِ تَعَالَى What is possible for Allah? He mentions one thing. فَعْلُ كُلِّ مُمْكِنٍ Carrying out 
every possible thing or abandoning it. So doing everything which is possible or leaving it. This is possible. What dalilu ala dhalika? The proof for that is what? Annahu law wajaba alayhi subhanahu wa ta'ala fa'lu shay'in aw tarku that if it were essential upon Allah glorified and high is he fa'lu shay'in aw tarkuhu doing something or abandoning it la sara al-ja'izu wajiban aw mustahilan the possible would become necessary or impossible wa huwa muhalun and this is impossible in itself what that means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not forced or compelled to do anything. There are some public speakers, ignorant public speakers who sit on the member within Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah Masajid who say things sometimes that contradict the beliefs of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Things like believing that the nur of the Prophet ﷺ is created from the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is wrong. This is a false belief. Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah do not believe that the nur of the Prophet ﷺ was created from the that of Allah. Billah, this is shirk. But you will get sometimes ignorant speakers sometimes saying some of these things. Similarly, you will get some people saying Allah was compelled to create the universe for the Prophet You cannot say this. You cannot say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is wajib upon him to have created the Prophet So what happens when these ignorant people say these type of statements that gets ascribed to Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah and it tarnishes the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah that people cannot distinguish between our correct beliefs and our false beliefs. So then they label everyone as being from that set of beliefs. It's essential for everyone to know that ascribing these things is falsehood. So similarly, some of them when they mention Qissatul Isra wal-Mi'raj, the ascension, they will say the Prophet ﷺ was in close proximity to Allah. One of them during the speech, he said, he demonstrated physically saying, the Qaba Qawseen, the two bow lengths, he understood that to mean closeness to Allah in physical proximity. This is false beliefs. So the meaning of nurun min nurillah, a light from the lights of Allah, like in Durutaj, uh, for instance, the meaning of that is what? A light created by Allah. This is min ibtida'iyah. Min ibtida'iyah. What is min ibtida'iyah? The beginning of something or the inception of something was by Allah. So the meaning is that Allah created the light. Not from his essence, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We didn't cover an attribute known as a nur in that sense because Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. The meaning of that is what? 
Allah is munawwir al-samawati wal-ard. He is the one who creates the light of the heavens and the earth. Allah is the one who creates the light of the heavens and the earth. Nur al-samawati wal-ard means munawwir al-samawati wal-ard. You check the commentaries of the Quran, you will find this. So to believe Allah took a part of himself and some of them, they give other examples. These type of analogies must be avoided. Then people, they tarnish the entire Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Also with practices of bid'ah that we have uh, around the graves. The exaggeration, ghulub around the graves like circumambulation, sajda at the graves, kissing the graves exaggerating around the graves, all of these actions, people then ascribe it to Sunni Muslims or make that something to be essential of Sunni Islam. When in reality it's practices, uh, ritual practices of certain areas and people, but they have no basis in the Quran and Sunnah. They have no basis in fiqh. So it's essential for us Sunni Muslims to warn people with regard to bid'ah in action also. Bid'ah in belief, bid'ah in belief, having false beliefs, but also bid'ah in action. Like some people, they ascribe isma. Isma. What is isma? An, being unable to do sins to their shaykh, to their peer. This is false beliefs. Because isma is only for anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. And so we must warn people with regard to bid'ah in belief, but also bid'ah in practice, exaggeration, ghulub in practices also. Then the author, rahimahullah ta'ala, he goes on to the attributes in the messengers, alayhim salatu wassalam, the, the prophets and messengers, alayhim salatu wassalam. And inshallah, next month, We'll continue from these attributes of the attributes of the messengers inshallah we will complete the book in the next session. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alam.